Do you and your spouse keep having the same fight again and again? Do you wish you had more intimacy in your marriage? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free video series called Enrich Your Marriage. In these seven videos, marriage therapists Wayne Reed and Vicki Hooper provide proven tools and principles that will help you strengthen your relationship with your spouse. Sign up for this free video series at focusonthefamily.ca slash enrichyourmarriage. If there's one word that points out the difference between a happy marriage and an unhappy marriage, it is planning. You know, happy, successful couples plan to go to church this Sunday. They plan to give each other a meaningful hug, meaningful kiss today. They plan, how are we going to connect tonight? When are we going to turn off the technology and look each other in the eyes and just talk? They plan for dates together to strengthen their marriage relationship. Insights from Dr. Randy Schrader, and uh, you'll hear more as he has some very practical advice to strengthen your marriage. Thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. John, I think everyone wants a happy marriage. I hope that. And uh, there may be some listening or viewing that their marriages are at a place where it's not about that. It's just a matter of being together and sticking together. And we're going to cover some great material today that's going to give you uh, the handles to do better in your marriage. If you're in a serious situation, please call us and John will give those details. This is going to be that kind of tune-up program for marriages that might be struggling a bit, but they're on the right general path. But again, if you're in a, a much more difficult place, give us a call and we can help you there. Um, we are going to cover some great content. You know, the Bible recommends a different path to happiness than what I think we in the Western world think about when it comes to happiness. Proverbs 4, 5 says, get wisdom, uh, get insight. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs nineteen eight says, he who gets wisdom loves himself. In other words, if you want to enjoy life and have a shalom, a peaceful life, Uh, find practical knowledge for living. I think it all starts with our marriages. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want peace in your life, have a peaceful marriage and everything else kind of cascades from there. So I'm looking forward to our program. Right. And Dr. Randy Schrader has been here before. Uh, He's a pastor, a former seminary professor, and a marriage and family counselor. He and his wife, Jenny, have been married for over 45 years, and they have two children and six grandchildren. And he's written a number of books. Uh, The one we'll talk about today is called Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, Practical Skills and Tools that Build a Strong, Satisfying Relationship. Contact the ministry today for your copy of that book. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Dr. Randy, it's great to have you back. Well, it's great to be back, and I look forward to uh, providing simple yet very effective habits for couples to improve and strengthen their marriage. I love what you've said on earlier programs that we've done. You've written a book for parenting and a book on marital happiness here that we're going to talk about again today. We did a a previous program on this, uh, but we're going to cover some of the other information here. But you basically said you structured these books as a counselor would engage with a client and that people can read these books and they're going to get all the information that you would have spent thousands of dollars on in your counseling settings. And uh, that's a great way to look at that. Well, it it is free counseling. And like uh, John (laughs) said earlier, uh, I was a professor for 25 years at a seminary and uh, taught marriage counseling and premarital counseling. And that information's in the book. And the 
Simple Habits for Marital Happiness looks at, it's the only marriage book out there that looks at all seven areas of a marriage, from how do you apologize to each other, how do you forgive each other, how do you stay in love after the honeymoon, what habits keep you in love after the honeymoon, how do you build emotional closeness, how do you communicate effectively, how do you uh, guard your relationship from all the temptations in the world, how do you have respectful discussions, and how the financial guidelines, what financial guidelines help you save, budget, and spend together. So, yeah, you're right, Jim. It that is, is perfect. Right? Yeah, Thank you for joining Focus on the Family. Order the book today. I mean, this is great. And I'm so excited when we get a really good resource like this that is so sound fundamentally. Okay, for the skeptic, the person out there going, it's not about happiness, it's about joy. And it's true. I mean, being a Christian, you want a joyful life. But happiness counts too. So just hit that for the uh, the purists that are listening that, uh, Dr. Randy, life is about joy, not about happiness. Well, no marriage is consistently happy, or is happy every day, I should say. Uh, consistent marriage satisfaction is the goal. You know, you, we can have ups and downs. And, uh, and yet, uh, through habits, couples can have a strong, satisfying relationship. 80% of our behaviors are habits. Yeah. And couples that have a successful, happy marriage uh, have a gratifying relationship because they have daily healthy habits. They share loving words, loving actions every single day, and that keeps that relationship consistently happy. Yeah. In that context, for the person listening, let's assume it's the wife who's listening right now or viewing, and she can't imagine that. You know, the, some things have deteriorated in their relationship. They haven't put basic fundamentals into play, and it's just kind of on autopilot. Is there really hope for them? There is definitely hope. I, I Jim and John, I have helped more than probably 2,000 couples achieve a consistently satisfying marriage. The sad thing for most couples is every almost 100% of couples want to have a happy marriage, but they don't have the specific words and actions and knowledge to get there. And, and that's what is lacking. Motivation is great, but if you don't know how to do it and what to say and how to say it and what to do on a daily basis, then it makes having a happy marriage almost extremely difficult or impossible. Well, I think we have laid the groundwork. Let's get into the four daily essentials. Uh, these are things, that, again, you mentioned early in the book for couples. Take us through the first two of those four essentials. Well, the four daily essential habits are are essential. They need, they need, to, they need to happen. And uh, what I have seen uh, in troubled relationships, couples stop saying, I love you. And in fact, uh, complacency is the dreaded disease that can really damage a marriage relationship. They become complacent and they don't say, I love you every day. So the first daily essential habit is whoever or whenever a spouse leaves the home, they need to say goodbye, I love you. Doesn't make any difference if they're going to work, they're going to the grocery store, they're going to the hardware store. They say goodbye, I love you, and then the other spouse needs to return or gets to return. It's not a need to, it's a get to. Uh, it's a privilege. I love you. Have a good day or drive careful wherever you're going. And I, there's a practical rhyme. I will never leave the house without hugging and kissing my spouse and saying <laughs> I love you. Okay. Uh, and, and so that's the first essential. The second one is good night, I love you. A lot of couples don't go to bed at the same time. Or if they do, you know, one will roll over first to go to sleep. Every night, whoever goes to sleep first will say good night, I love you. 
Uh, and then the spouse can return, uh, good night, I love you. And so there's four I love yous every day, which overcomes that dreaded disease or part of it of complacency. No, that's good. I appreciate that. The third one is really uh, about habits and developing those good habits. And you say the first five minutes of the day, number three comes into play. I'm keeping your rhyming going, but uh, hit it. Good job. Good job. Number three. (laughs) We're rhyming all over the place. Yeah. The the, uh, the first five minutes of the day uh, set the tone for the day, not only for an attitude, but also for a marriage relationship. And so couples need to avoid the C's. I stress that to parents. I stress that uh, to couples, the correcting, criticizing, complaining, condemning. You know, I've heard thousands of spouses say, you know, I wake up and the first thing I hear is you forgot to put your coffee cup in the dishwasher last night. You know, it's a a criticism. And so the first five minutes, a a spouse doesn't have to be bubbly joyful, but they need to avoid the seas so they begin the day positively. Mm. That is a habit that needs to be in place. We're going to go a little deeper with each of these. So for people going, ah, I want to hear more about that. We will in a minute. So hang on. Uh, habit four is how you end the day with your spouse, other than I love you. You call it the two within 20. Yes, sir. It's spending two minutes together within the first 20 minutes that the last spouse arrives home after work or whatever. Uh, and so it doesn't, some spouses like to unwind. They like to go change your clothes, check the mail, do that. So it doesn't have to be immediate. But at some point in those 20 minutes, they need to reconnect emotionally. They need to make that eye-to-eye heart connection. The eyes are windows to the heart. Couples forget that. They need to look in each other's eyes, spend two minutes checking out how the days they went for both of them, and giving a meaningful hug and kiss. Uh, that is a daily essential habit is to give a 10-second hug, 10-second kiss every day. Uh, a meaningful hug and kiss happens in those two minutes within the first 20 that minutes. That seems pretty reasonable, two minutes. <laughs> I mean, if, yes, to sir. invest in your marriage. So, yes, sir. But I'm guilty. I don't do that every day. I do it some days and probably need to do it more days. <laughs> so I you, like you, this. You, you this and I are alike. All, all spouses are imperfect. Even yeah. though I'm a marriage expert, I don't do it perfectly either, Jim. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, complimenting your spouse is powerful. I think we know that. Sometimes, you know, I think we get a little wounded, so we pull back on that, hmm. I would say. It doesn't have to be a severe wound, but maybe just a, a little nick, and then we don't want to compliment you for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Not that I've given a lot of thought oh, to you've this. you've got a friend who does <laughs> yeah, a friend. But I, I guess many couples kind of lose that art, if I could call it that. What causes couples to stop appreciating one another? Hmm. It, it is that complacency and just they stop being a good finder. You know, they say a good finder. Yes, sir. Like they're, not, they're not good finders. They are, it's too easy to slip due to our sinful nature and become fault finders. And so couples need to compliment each other every single day. And I think it's good. I always define gratitude as saying thank you. It's good to say, healthier, I would say, to say, I appreciate. That lifts a spouse up, and that is praise. Praise creates positive energy in a marriage. And it's interesting to me, every counseling session, I've done thousands and thousands of counseling sessions with couples. Every session I begin with a couple, I have them appreciate each other. Hmm. And it's amazing to me how difficult that is for spouses. Now, I'm seeing troubled marriages are marriages that are struggling and want to get stronger. Yet, for a husband to tell his wife, I appreciate, and then I 
ask the wife, will you please always say thank you for the compliment? And then husband, will you please say you're welcome after you give the compliment? And that those three uh, niceties are tough. Let it just doesn't happen. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead. I was Jim. just going to say, let us hear a compliment. Give us an example of how you would do that yourself in your own marriage. I, I appreciate you stopping at the grocery store and picking up a gallon of milk. And thank you for the compliment. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we need to go overboard on politeness. Every troubled marriage, that's common sense. politeness yeah. is missing. And so mm-hmm. going overboard on politeness and complimenting. It needs to be a compliment, and I think it's extremely healthy to use the words, I appreciate. Uh, you two men mentioned that you exercise to stay healthy, and a lot of people take vitamins to stay healthy. Well, marriages need the appreciation vitamin to stay relationally healthy. It, it's an essential. Yeah, that is terrific. Uh, tell us about your even-odd rule. What is that? This is another practical one. That is a biggie. I, I see so many marriages that one spouse says, my spouse is complaining about all our life issues. Every person on the face of this earth has different issues going on. Now, it could be something like the brakes on the car need to be changed, okay? And who's going to take the car to the shop to get the brakes changed? But couples can have uh, 50% of their life positive by not talking about problems on even dates. When I think of the word even, I think of smooth, calm, tranquil. And so on even dates, they avoid problem talk because some spouses have the tendency just to complain about everything every day. So there can be no complaints. You know, it just has to be positive. And then on the odd dates, couples can talk about and kind of complain about work and complain about life issues. And it's they should only last for 30 minutes, at the most an hour. So the rest of the evening together is positive. Mm. It's coffee, casual conversation. When I see, and I unfortunately have seen uh, numerous cases of adultery, uh, the betrayed spouse wants to talk about the affair every day. Mm. And rather than help the marriage get on the road to healing, and, and I've helped a numerous marriages get over affairs and have successful, happy marriages, they just don't want to talk about that adultery every day. They do it every other day on the odd dates. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Make your strong marriage even stronger with Focus on the Family Canada's new marriage enrichment conferences and retreats. Based on the proven, biblically-based principles that come directly out of the Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Counseling Program, these principles provide couples with practical tools to create a more vibrant, intimate, and loving marriage. For registration details, call 1-833-TO-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. That's 1-833-TO-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. This time of year, Deeks Insurance has a few reminders for us, like making sure eavesdrops are cleared of debris to prevent overflow and to extend downspouts about six to eight feet away from a home's foundation. Deeks Insurance would also like to remind us that their enhanced water option is a great way to protect your home from unexpected water damage. Since 1981, Deeks has been a licensed insurance brokerage. See how they can help protect you and your budget. Get started at deeksinsurance.ca. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. John Avery Whitaker is an incredible guy, but have you ever wondered what makes wit, wit? Find out in the new Young Wit book series from Focus on the Family. 
In book number one, nine-year-old John Avery Whitaker moves to a new town, makes new friends, faces a new bully, and solves a 70-year-old mystery. Young Wit and the Trader's Treasure is available at focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Randy, that odd or even, what jumped in my mind is Jean and I are in the airport and I, you know, she accidentally drops the suitcase on my toe. And I got a first thing, <laughs> okay, this is an even day. Oh, love, why would you have dropped that on my toe? And if it's an odd day, what are you doing dropping that on my toe? Now, we always have to watch our tone of voice and body language, Jim. Yes. Yeah, we got it. But, but you're correct. That, 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 that even odd guideline is not a rigid okay. rule. You know, something right. big comes up. You know, right. you, you know, but it does help couples have 50% of their life positive. No, it's good. It's good. And it's good to remember. Be practical. But I love that. At least it contains that negative emotion. Let's move in that direction, cover habits that we need to avoid. Uh, let's start with a hard one, which is sarcasm. I mean, it kind of goes to my, my personality. Guilty. Yeah, you too? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. You got two clients here. <laughs> here we go. I like your sense of humor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we all can be sarcastic. Uh, and yet, sadly, 90% of our sarcasm is usually negative. Uh, and so the Greek word for sarcasm is tearing of flesh. Can we, you give, give us an example in a counseling session that you remember where, let's work with husbands. I mean, the husbands seem to be very good at sarcasm. What did it sound like? Just so people catch it. Well, just, you cook all the time. And he, she really doesn't cook all the time. So oh. it's kind of hidden anger. I'm going to jab you. And then I'm saying, well, I'm just teasing. You know, right. I didn't really mean it. And that's what happens with sarcasm. It devalues the spouse. It puts them down. And then the other spouse will say, well, you just can't take a joke. You know, it kinda, it's, it's deflating to the other person, even it, if you it do is. it with humor. It is. And, yeah. and, and I, uh, I saw a couple had a son who had very low self-worth, lacked motivation, struggling in school, uh, struggling making friendships. And often when I, probably 100% of the time, when I counsel uh, children, I ask parents, are you sarcastic with your kids? And, uh, and almost uh, 100% of the time, they say yes. And I say, from this day forward, never, ever be sarcastic with your kids again, and never be sarcastic with yourselves in your marriage. In fact, they were struggling in their marriage. They had a troubled relationship. And I remember they saying, well, Dr. Schrader, we won't be sarcastic with our son since you asked for that, but that's the way we relate to each other. We kind of jab each other. And I said, well, will you please not do that? Well, they stopped their sarcasm with their son, and what happened? He became motivated, developed self-confidence, did better at school, and just turned it around. Just from There were other ideas as well that I gave them, parenting simple yet very effective habits. But they continued to do that in their marriage relationship. And did their marriage and relationship continue to struggle? Yes, it did. Interesting. They didn't so they give didn't up the sarcasm. No, they didn't yeah. apply it to themselves in their marriage. I think mm-hmm. Gene really helped me one time. This is long time, a long time ago in our marriage, but you know, I, I could throw the funny dig. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, I just remember her saying to me, you know, that really doesn't help me. And it, it stuck with mm-hmm. me, you know, like I thought it was funny. And I don't think, particularly for guys, I don't think a lot of guys know that it hurts. Yes. I mean, it sounds bizarre that we wouldn't realize that, but we thought that was a 10 on the laugh meter, yeah. right? And we think that's the achievement. And then when your wife pulls you aside and says, 
please don't do that in public. Mm. It really demeans me. You go, yeah. what? I didn't mean I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, no, it, it can, it's an emotional slap, kind of an emotional whack to uh, a spouse. Now, can there be healthy sarcasm? Sure, 10% of the time. But most of the time, the three of us and everyone needs to just watch out with that sarcasm because it can really destroy a relationship. Or put it on yourself. It's always a good way to do it. Yeah. Point yeah. the sarcasm at your own actions. Exactly. Uh, the Bible discusses leaving and cleaving. Man, are we <clears throat> concentrating on that one nowadays? You know, Jesus never talked about... Uh, you know, other forms of marriage. Oh, he said, you know, a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. You know, oftentimes uh, in-laws can play a role in the relationship. So what's the difference between a, you know, a healthy, close relationship that is normal and then that overly attached person to their parents and the husband or wife say, man, that's a little odd, that over-attachment. And that's that's a great question, and uh, I always say, uh, without a healthy leaving, emotionally and physically, a lot of adult children want to live within one minute of their parents, uh, it's hard to have a healthy cleaving to one's spouse. And, and so that leaving and cleaving is absolutely essential. And what I have found is that it's kind of a have-to. If an adult child says, I have to, talk to my mom today. I have to talk to my dad today. And it's not just once, it's three, four, five, six, seven, ten times a day. I mean, I've seen marriages with uh, individuals in their 50s, been married over 25 years, and they feel like they need to see their mom or their dad uh, every single day or talk to them. I remember I had a couple drove two hours to come see me for marriage counseling because they had heard how many couples I helped achieve a satisfying, successful marriage. And one of the things I noted is that she was overly attached to her mom. And I said, I think it's good you and your mom have a loving relationship. What would you think about maybe just uh, contacting your mom once in the morning, once in the afternoon? And and uh, Versus what? Versus what she... about 10. Wow. And, and and I remember she, she said, she said, Dr. Schrader, she said, I don't think that's biblical. And she said, I want to, you know, talk to my mom over and over and over throughout the day. In fact, every night after dinner, the first thing she did was contact her mom rather than sit down and talk to her husband. Uh, and of course, they never came back to see me because she thought I was full of baloney. And yet that was what was hurting their marriage is because she was, she didn't have a mom. She had a mommy. And I've had a lot, and so she needed to break that umbilical cord, that emotional umbilical cord, and cleave to her husband. Well, and then, I mean, the cascading effect of something like that is the husband finds news, weather, and sports, and he just lives there, and she's on the phone. And and sadly, what I have also seen, not just news, weather, and sports, another person yeah. has an affair with another woman. Yeah. Right. So that those are the, the rail. And, you know, not to say that 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 is the woman's fault that a man would act that way. We've yeah, always no, got to clarify that. Never make excuses that. for simple right. behavior. Yes, so I want to make sin. sure we say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, under that avoiding the bad habits banner, you know, we got this new thing, relatively new thing called technology. And uh, you have to manage that in your marital relationship because you can, I, boy, when Gene and I go out to dinner, we look across the restaurant at different couples and they've both got their phones out. They're not really talking to each other. They're just looking at their phones. So what are some good uh, habits in the technology area and what are the bad habits to avoid? Great question. And I think uh, couples need to do what I call quiet connects. 
and I actually have that in Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, and I got that from a couple uh, that I saw in counseling. They, uh, several years ago, quite a few years ago, we had the power go out in almost our whole town. And uh, this couple that I was counseling said what they did when the power went out, it was uh, late in the afternoon, is they lit candles and sat in the living room, and they talked for several hours Hmm. about their fun memories of when they were dating, about some of the fun things they did on various vacations, about what vacations they want to do in the future. And, And after doing that, they came in and they said, Dr. Schrader, we're going to do that once a week have no technology, cell phone in the other room, tablets in the other room, TV off, and we're just going to sit there and look into each other's eyes and talk about fun things that happened during the day and fun things we're looking forward to doing and just have coffee, casual conversation. And so from that, I started suggesting to all couples, let's have quiet connects. And I think we can do that also in the car. You know, rather than listen to music or listen to a podcast and not talk to one another, my wife and I turn the radio off, and I suggest to all couples, turn the radio off and talk to each other. Now, you can't look each other in the eyes, but you can still emotionally connect through that building up conversation yeah relationship yes sir yes sir (laughs) yeah randy let's uh, cover a couple of other elements right at the end here memory matching i found that to be kind of interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you caution couples about what is it and how do you caution couples with it well i I say avoid the two m words and so one like you said jim is memory matching our memories are always excellent and always the truth from our perspective. <laughs> and so what, what can, I, I've seen it over and over, heard a lot of marriage relationships, and I'm forever saying it when I counsel couples, is couples will say, this is what you said. No, this is what you said. No, this is what it's you It's kind did. of the contest. Yeah, it's a contest, you know. <laughs> and, and, and when couples learn to say, we're not going to memory match, our memories are excellent from our perspective, we're just going to adopt the phrase, no memory matching. Second, you, you want to avoid mind reading. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, I've known my wife almost a half a century. You know, we know each other pretty well. But if we read each other's minds and we're right, that can be kind of annoying. And so so it's better to ask, what are you thinking? But you're still right. (laughs) That's funny. And and it can just lead to heartache. And and the other thing, uh, we can be wrong. And that can really be frustrating if we thought we had our spouse's mind read and it was wrong. I saw a a couple whose husband was on uh, a business trip, and his wife went through a distressing event back home. She called him up. Uh, He was compassionate, did a terrific job. I asked him what he did. He listened. He was empathetic, sympathetic. And he asked his wife, he said, do you want me to cancel the business meetings right now and drive home? I'll do it. And she said, no. She said, I have the support of family. She said, you can just stay and and then come home when your business meetings are done. When he got home, she had taken out a six-month lease on an apartment and moved out of the house. And even though she did not ask him to come home, she said, you should have read my mind that I really wanted you to come home. Wow. And he came to three sessions by himself. And I talked about the importance of expectations, making your expectations known. She thought the idea of expectations was dumb. She said, I should not have to make my expectations known. And I've seen other spouses that said that too. If we're close, you should read my mind. Yeah. And that is, mind reading is a no-no. Randy, this has been so good. Uh, and again, I could see how you know you have packed so much into the book uh, and uh, really as a goal of taking everything you've learned in your counseling sessions and with great examples, you know, some tough ones from couples that were struggling. 
but laying them in there so we could read them and see how to not repeat those mistakes. Uh, What a wonderful book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness. And you can contact us right here at Focus on the Family Canada to get your copy of this wonderful resource. And when you do, all the proceeds go right back into helping families across Canada. So it's a win-win. Get your copy today from Focus on the Family Canada. Donate as you can at focusonthefamily.ca and request Randy's book, Simple Habits for Marital Happiness, or give us a call, 800, the letter A, and the word family. Randy, thanks again for being with us. Always good to have you here. Thanks for having me back, and I pray that couples will have stronger relationships. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, inviting you back next time as we continue the conversation and once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.